everyone. This is Raphael. I am Lauren. We're the Pacheco siblings, and welcome to the Hypercube Podcast, a talk show in which two siblings converse about anything and everything. How are we doing? Doing all right. Uh, not as sick as I was last week. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we're playing a little bit of catch up here. So we're, uh, yeah. our recording schedule is all sort of out, out of whack, but it's working. We're, we're catching up. We're yeah, cr- catching up to our backlog. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. That's just like we're both just like <laughs> got to dodge all the. Oh, yeah. All the events on our calendars and line things up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So in addition to <laughs> doing less recording last time, dude, on account yeah. of your sickness. So but. I mean, that's our life, really, is it's, there's always busyness. You say less recording. We were supposed to record for half an hour. That was an hour long episode, Raph. Well, it was still only one episode. <laughs> it was but only one. The yeah. usual two. <laughs> yes. To give everyone a peek behind the curtains, we usually record these two at a time. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're getting back to it, yeah. getting back on schedule and hopefully getting back to some sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But that really is our lives, is do- constantly dodging around schedules. I don't know why I thought we'd be able to keep up a regular podcast on a good rhythm, because <laughs> our schedules are always so all over the place, and we're currently on completely opposite sides of the planet. Yeah. And yeah, there's always just so much going on in our lives at any given moment. It's kind of ridiculous, especially lately. I feel like these yeah. last couple of years have really been when things have hit their peak of just constantly being in the middle of some either and it's like everything too right it's not even one specific thing it's not all business it's not all social issues it's not all (laughs) interpersonal stuff right like it's not all it's i mean that stuff is all there right like a pandemic happened in that time frame right that's kind of a big you know uh socio-political issue but you know, that like was hardly the biggest thing that made an impact on how ridiculous <laughs> our schedule has become these past couple of years. Yeah. Like, what do you call it? Like, in the flow of our lives, the pandemic really didn't make that big of an impact compared to some other stuff <laughs> yeah. that's just like completely separate. That's just specific to like our situation. It's so weird. Which, to be clear, the pandemic was super disruptive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it was it's super disruptive, but it's just like for us, there was just so many other things that were more yeah. personally disruptive. Yeah, just, just like like it was bad, but just comparatively to our personal schedules, it didn't make that big of an impact. Like, yeah, so much other stuff has been going on. Yeah. And it helps that we were both we've both done what were deemed to be necessary jobs during yeah, that yeah. Uh, time period when the pandemic was at its worst. So. That's a whole thing. But anyway, thankfully, uh, our uh, current, at least in the United States, I don't know how things are over in Aussie land, mm-hmm. but the fever is breaking a little bit here where we're starting to see numbers really on the whole go down. But that's yeah. happened before. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it works out in the long term. But in the meantime, get vaccinated, people. Get your covid and flu vaccines. Oh, yeah. And mo- monkeypox. That's the new hot thing nowadays. We're getting invaded by monkeypox. Apparently. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad, guys. <laughs> oh, I mean, everything's bad. <laughs> Speaking of flu vaccines, I got uh, vaccinated. Emphasis. <laughs> vaccinated. <laughs> you got the vaccinated? I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated. Uh, I got the flu vaccine here. And that was interesting. Whoa, against Aussie flu? Apparently. I don't know. Apparently, there's a really bad flu going on <laughs> over here. Oh, no. 
How are the kangaroos? I haven't found one yet, but apparently you can eat them. You haven't found a kangaroo yet? I have. What not. are you doing? Well, we're at, we have a plan to go down to like, uh, I don't know what you would call them, like, not like, like, like wildlife sanctuaries or like zoo or whatever types of like there is a zoo nearby, but like wildlife sanctuaries are my preference. Oh, yeah. We have we have a plan to go down to that one at some point. We just have to figure out when. But we've got like a, we have some time to figure out when we're gonna go and uh, look at some All kangaroos, right. some koalas, well, better, and some. I better see some selfies with kangaroos on our community server yeah. at some point. <laughs> it's not gonna be a selfie. It's gonna be a a two minute uh, bout in a ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's also, just gonna, find the koalas. It's just going to be in the cage, and you're going to see me come out stage left, full boxing gear, just like boxing inside of its cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're so ripped. It's crazy. It's kind of. I'm ridiculous. still fascinated by kangaroos. I don't know. I don't think I've talked at all on the podcast how fascinated I am by kangaroos. But kangaroos are fascinating creatures. They're one of several creatures that I find oddly fascinating. Yeah, I, that might be a whole topic that we have to delve into at some point is creatures on this planet that I find fascinating. Yeah, and also specifically creatures that were designed for a martial art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing that blows my mind most about kangaroos is that they're martial artists and, you know, trained and competent martial <laughs> artists too. It's yeah. literally part of their culture that they pass down training in in kickboxing. Mm-hmm. How many other non how many like non-human species get trained in martial arts? You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You can, you, you can count them on one hand. Kangaroos are there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kangaroos and humans. That's pretty much all I can think of. There's, there's a few. Although the Shaolin might beg to differ, but. There's a few. There's a few, I think. Yeah. Because there are some pretty combative. Yeah, the Shaolin would argue about the ones that they based all their martial arts styles on. But I don't think, I don't think grasshoppers really have a culture <laughs> or, uh, well, not, not grasshoppers, mantis, sorry. Mantis, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think mantises really have a culture of martial arts in the same way that kangaroos do. Yeah, there are a few combative like species out there, but I don't think any of them are as I don't think any of them are as systematized as like kangaroos literally just doing like boxing punching. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the thing that fa- one of the things that fascinates me most about kangaroos is have you, you've heard me give this description yes. before, but they seem so specifically designed to fight humans. It's weird. <laughs> like, it just feels like they're literally like God put a monster in the wild that's just designed as like the Virgil to the Dante that is yeah. humans. You know what I mean? It's just a hard <laughs> counter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like it's literally this this animal that's just out there for the sole purpose it's not, of fighting humans and each and other. <laughs> and it's not even like, it's not a hard counter. Like this was designed to kill humans to fight them. Like, like they, they don't always win. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the point yeah, is that they designed fight. to be, it's designed to be an even match. Yeah. Really. For, for whatever reason. <laughs> Like, you know, well, I mean, to be fair, kangaroos have lots of now this is just turned into the kangaroo podcast. <laughs> kangaroos have lots of natural advantages over they, humans. Yeah. Um, they're they're generally uh, taller on average. They will disembowel they, you. Yeah, they're a lot stronger. I mean, have you seen how friggin jack they are? Mm-hmm. And they have uh, natural weapons. Yeah. So lots of natural advantages. But we have ingenuity and training. We do have ingenuity. And clearly, like, they're no match for the element of surprise because of <laughs> uh, one of my favorite viral yeah. videos of a kangaroo getting absolutely gobsmacked by the dude who decked him in the face yeah. after trying to kill his dog. Yeah. Like, clearly, you know. It's like, I got your dog. Like, no, you don't. Pop. Whoa. 
Yeah, and he's, you, you're not a kangaroo. Yeah, and you see the look on his face? He was absolutely flabbergasted by that right hook. So, you know, like, clearly they can be, they can be mentally discombobulated <laughs> by humans. So, you know, it, it, I think it evens out in the end. They're just, they'll just be shocked by the sheer audacity and then run away. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. You just reminded me of this dumb uh, edit from the Sherlock Holmes movie. Have you seen the discombobulate meme where it's... Yes, I have yeah. seen that edit. It's I the have whole, seen it's the, the discombobulate, discombobulate scene, but it's just, it's all discombobulate. Oh, yeah, it's great. There are a lot of spinoffs of that meme, too. Distract him. Discombobulate. Yeah. Disrupt floating rib. In discombobulate. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of this in the end where it's just like, in summary, discombobulate. <laughs> and then it's just... <laughs> actually cuts it all together oh my goodness it's so <sighs> funny there's actually a pretty good um there's a pretty good discombobulate edit of iron man discombobulating thanos oh no in infinity war it's actually pretty good it's not bad i uh well after seeing it i was like okay i i, I see what they did there but just from an as it from an editor standpoint, I feel like there was some refinement that could have been course, done to the cut. But um but dumb but, you know, it's 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 dumb means, yeah, yeah. It's literally it's just one of those posts that just you do it just to do it. Uh so but it's yeah, it's a dumb meme. It's really the reason is that it's like not worth the effort that it hasn't been done <laughs> yeah. better. But it's a it's it's a decent uh it's a decent video in and of itself. Yeah. Well that's that's what that's that's the thing with those memes is as soon as you get the idea in somebody's head it lives in there and then you can you can yeah you can exactly make the edit fine it's perfect in, in your brain because <laughs> you just have to get the idea yeah. into someone's brain of exactly, iron man doing the discombobulate exactly. it's like oh yeah that is pretty funny isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say something speaking of kangaroos earlier but i don't remember where i was going hmm Oh, I know. Well, I was going to say, because uh, I was talking about, I was thinking about other creatures that fascinate me. Yeah. You also know I'm very fascinated by bears. Okay, and we yes. talked briefly over the community server over the new uh, Predator movie that's coming out. Oh, yes. Um, called, yes. Titled Prey. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because, well, first off, you know nothing about it. I know. Okay. Because you don't watch trailers. That's true that I know nothing about it. However, I looked it up just to see, like, what is just this to see what it was is, is about. And I almost cussed for the first time on this show. I blew <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> it's, it looks really freaking good. Did you wait? So did you watch the trailer? I did, did not watch the trailer. Like, I looked at stills and I was like, holy crap. Oh, I guess that there it is. I was like, this looks no, that's a, that, that, that that's fine. I guess that's not explicit. This looks like a uh, this looks like a faithful sequel to the predator franchise it's or a prequel in this case it, the next one in the franchise right because it takes yeah. it takes the the concept it, it does something it, it's familiar but like it takes it into a new setting which is good it takes it into a new direction kind of like obviously it's the predator franchise but renaming it prey immediately changes the the vibes of that just just the name yeah the naming convention is perfect you had the predator now you have prey mm-hmm yeah, it's so it looks so good. I watched the trailer just from the stills, the full the full trailer. And I was going to say the trailer blew my mind because, again, it, I, it, perhaps ingeniously from a marketing perspective. Like I had no clue what it was going to be going into of it, of course, because uh, I keep I have a regimen for keeping up with movie trailers just to keep track of the industry. And I you know, went to those. I was like, oh, pray. 
okay, looks cool. You know, yeah. thumbnail looks well produced. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a small budget movie, but the, uh, I had no idea that was going to be part of the predator franchise until like midway through the trailer. And they do a good job of masking it up to that point yeah. too. Cause you're just watching it and you're just like, Oh, this is some like historic native American epic of some, of some kind, <laughs> you know, it, it follows like this, uh, a female hunter who's like trying to stick it to the patriarchy and be like, I can do it too. I'm going to go out hunting with my animal companion, total ranger. Total. Ranger. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's got like a wolf animal companion. Oh, that's cool. Actually, it's more like a, it, it, it is a dog. Um, not, not an actual wolf, but it's uh, still yeah. like, you know, because it's at that point in history, you do have dog breeds and but they're all still basically. But, <laughs> essentially. But yeah, it looks, and then like, like I said, there was, it, it reminds me heavily of The Revenant in the, its approach to its setting, mm-hmm. a very wilderness survival, very, uh, you know, and actually in that exact same time period, generally, from what I can tell, like they have guns and muskets and stuff. Mm, okay. Uh, so, but it is like following mostly a uh, Native American tribe that doesn't have as much access to that sort of stuff, but it does yeah. look like there's going to be some encounters with early firearms. Yeah. So this is, this is like so, post post landing by the pilgrims and the colonialists or yeah colonists basically yeah colonists Colonists. yeah colonists so it it looks roughly it looks roughly judging by the uh technology of the firearms to be roughly the same era as the revenant and also yeah it totally has like a bear mauling scene that (laughs) like really gave me that vibe where it was like one of the first things it shows is you know when she goes out to hunt on her own and she you know picks a fight with a bear and gets trapped and then the bear totally gets got by a predator and like i didn't even again it's that point where i was like okay hold on this trailer is going in a different direction than i was expecting because like the bear mysteriously dies she doesn't see what did it? Mm-hmm. But then the bear starts getting lifted up into the air by some invisible force. I'm like, wait, what the heck? This trailer is going a whole different direction <laughs> than I was expecting. There's some supernatural element, maybe. And then like it cuts to black and you hear the the predator yeah. snarl sound of like the, the sound yeah. that the creature makes. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> and yeah, it looks amazing, though. And yeah, it's just a predator taken on. Or early Native American, or not early Native American, but just, you know, early colonial period Native American tribe, and it looks really cool, and then the protagonist is just like, oh man, I wanted to be a hunter, but I didn't realize that, like, this, <laughs> this is the prey I was born to hunt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, it starts starts doing her thing and I'm like, okay, it actually, it actually looks pretty epic, that's a really fresh concept. Yeah. And that finally looks like something worthwhile to do with the Predator franchise in a good long while because Shane Black made an attempt at the Predator franchise a little while back. Which one was that? Apparently one? wasn't very good at all. It was called was it the, the Predator. The Predator? Okay, yeah. Yeah, The Predator. Apparently wasn't that great. Haven't seen it, but I will say I from the trailers it did not look great. Ooh, <laughs> the latest However, one that... the one that came directly before that, Predators. which was titled Predators. Yeah, that one was yeah, okay. Yeah, Predators was really good. Yeah. I thought that one was great. I, re- I really liked that one. I thought that one was genuinely, genuinely worthwhile. Uh, and apparently a lot of pe- other people did too. Yeah. Like now that I'm seeing a lot of people sharing their thoughts on the franchise as a whole, there was actually a pretty surprising amount of strong support for that film. I'm like, oh, wow, it wasn't, it wasn't just me that liked that movie. A lot of people were saying like, no, yeah, that might be one of the better ones. And I think there's, yeah, there's a lot that's great in that one. 
Yeah, not, not least the, the the cast, but absolutely, it's, yeah, it's that's also a pretty fresh concept. I thought, and also like just it's play on, uh, well, spoiler alert, there's a twist, but uh, it it's play on the concept of the predator is fascinating. Like it's that's one of those like it's logical progressions that you don't expect for this kind of franchise where it's like it's the predators it's gonna be all action it's schwarzenegger right it's gonna it's all a, like adrenaline yeah. and high action and all these predators all these like survivor competent types they're all soldiers except right and then the movie gets really good <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah yeah that one's that one's a good one i actually really like that movie and I actually only recently saw the original Predator to begin with, though, to be fair, which is a great film. Well, I'd, I'd seen it before. It's just been a very long time. I would consider it my first viewing, though, because yeah. I don't I didn't remember too much of it. But yeah, obviously such a fantastic film. I can't I still can't get over the fact that there's two U.S. governors. <laughs> yeah, in that I know. Film. It's kind of crazy. And Shane Black. Yeah, I still can't get over the fact that Shane Black acts in that film. I was like, I've never seen him act before, but apparently he was an actor at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know he was ever anything but a writer. Yeah, there's just a lot of other weird stuff in that movie. <laughs> it's really that movie. Like, here's the thing. I'm like, like he said, pretty sure we've seen it sometime when we were younger, but have no memory of it or no, no memory of like seeing the film through, like uh, all the way through. However, mm-hmm. that movie did was not what I was expecting going into it. I don't think I could have perceived how campy and awesome that movie was. With yeah. what I know about yeah, it, it now. So campy. it's so campy and it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, no, I, I shouldn't say at all, but yeah, I was except in the last, in the, like the last sequence. Yeah, I was gonna say the last act because that last sequence is freaking awesome. Yeah, is just total, total awesomeness. And but for the most part, it's like it's basically like a a typical action movie of the era up to a certain point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's doesn't take itself seriously. They're mowing down all of these generic foreigners. Yeah. They are, <laughs> you know, and, and saying one liners and having all this, uh, super commando banter. The uh, action heroes are just completely indestructible. And then the predator comes in and you're like, Oh snap. <laughs> and it's, it's actually really, I feel like it's a good, twist on genre convention in the particular era that it came out. Yeah. Like, I feel like that must have been a deliberate choice, even within the time, just as an act of Uh self-awareness. But yeah, looking back on it, it's, it's still great to watch now. It's still just a fun movie. Yeah. It's a, it's a roller coaster. That's like, there are a lot of movies that are just roller coasters where it's just strap in, prepare yourself for two hours of entertainment. And that is all. Yeah. Like, like you're going to, you're going to come excitement. out of this going, ah, <laughs> and there's so many great, like classic lines. Oh, so uh, many. That, some of which I didn't even realize were from it. Like until we watched it more recently, I was like, Oh wow. Half of them I was prepared for. And the other half, I was like, what, what that's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta love it when you see a movie that just makes you realize <laughs> what classic lines are from it. I know this, but it's there so were dense. so many, it's there were so, so many in that one. Like even in like the first, like in the first act, there's just it's just like bombshell one-liner after bombshell one-liner yeah oh yeah freaking sexual tyrannosaurus i didn't know that was in this movie i had no idea that was from that movie either yeah i had heard that that's been referenced so many times in so many so different many media times. and for some reason it's so many achievements in different video games <laughs> <laughs> and like, like that's the kind of thing where it's just like i know i knew they were all paying homage to something i didn't know it was predator yeah yeah 
Oh, speaking of video games, there was something I actually wanted to ask you about also. Might mm. as well do it on the podcast. Um, have you heard about this game called Routine? Routine? Yeah, I recently saw a trailer for it, and I, it actually looks very interesting, because I, I heard about it because Mick Gordon is apparently doing the soundtrack for it, and I was like, I'll, I'll listen to any soundtrack he makes, uh, even if he isn't the best businessman, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm still salty that we don't have the Doom Eternal soundtrack in our hands. That mm, just yeah. feels like an unforgivable thing to me, but... Yeah, uh, uh, this is the next project that he's going to be doing the soundtrack for. And I'm like, this is actually an interesting turn. Well, because I think Mick Gordon has done a good job of taking on variety in his work, in his body of work. Because, like, uh -huh. he kind of got his big break with Killer Instinct. And then he right. goes from that to Doom, which is a very different beast. Now he's going yes. from Doom to this game called Routine, which is an entirely different beast from the last two. Mm -hmm. Because this is a pure survival horror game. So lots of like atmospheric and yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do with survival horror. I honestly have no idea. He's an excellent music producer. I wonder yeah. how he's going to approach that, because obviously survival horror can have a lot of different kinds of sounds. It basically, there's a lot of different ways to make people uneasy, mm -hmm. which I like. I like the practical route where you're using real instruments or quote heavy air quote instruments to make music <laughs> or just whatever like like I, I showed you that one again heavy air quotes instrument that was built for i forget what movie or was it a movie or was it a game uh that this um musician made to basically create all the sounds for the soundtrack for it and it was this just like machine that churned out <laughs> sound that is just like extremely creepy and like eerie and it like gets under your skin and it feels crawly and it's just like it's beautiful i love that direction but mick gordon is a fantastic like he's a fantastic engineer he can make sounds yeah he can make like like just like uh synthetic sounds yeah and if well. you, i wonder which way he's gonna go i wonder yeah. if he's gonna continue to use everything electronically yeah and if you listen to some of the more atmospheric tracks on doom and doom eternal it's like i guess what he does, did in those it might be a good preview of the possibility because like those are what made me realize that it was possible right when i saw that he was scoring a survival horror game i was immediately went back to to some of those more atmospheric doom tracks of some of the ambience and i was like yeah he did create like a sort of creepy you know hellish yeah. vibe with those and so yeah i know he's capable of doing more atmospheric stuff but i'm very curious what he's gonna do with a full survival horror game yeah and it's a fascinating like the, the one focus yeah, it's a fascinating sort of setting too because it's um it's it's something that I I think is a cool concept to use for survival horror. Cuz first off, the genre of horror it is is it's um sci-fi space horror. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And but like the and it very much looks like it's in the direction there the devs talk about it being like a very retro future type of thing. Uh -huh. Right? So definitely but it's weird because it has like very kind of photorealistic rendering. Mm -hmm. So it's like retro future, but everything's, you know, very believable looking. Okay, interesting. And so uh, it actually very much looks like, and I, they're probably taking heavy inspiration from this, Alien Isolation. Uh-huh, yeah. Right, yeah. where Alien Isolation was very much the same thing. It presented the, the original Alien film's vision of the future, which was very much a kind of industrial retro future vibe. And then... Yeah. 
but then like put that in photorealistic rendering. But it looks very much in that same sort of style of sort of industrialized environments and a minimal HUD, right? Where all, uh -huh. Dead Space did that too, where all of the HUD yeah. is built into your gear. And so that creates a bit more of an immersive experience. And I really love that stuff, actually. I think that's super cool when HUD is built into built into the flavor of the game mm -hmm. and so but like the it makes it tangible yeah and that but the i guess the horror the enemies of that game are actually one that i think is a super fresh concept to be explored for survival horror because i don't think i've seen this one done before mm -hmm. which is robots uh-huh okay <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't know if any we've seen a robot survival horror game. I'm trying to think, yeah. That could be, a, there's lots of potential there. Because robots can be scary. Robots are scary. <laughs> yeah, killer robots. They're taking robots. our jobs. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Well, I mean, like, I guess there's precedent for that, though, because I think that's I, sort of the Terminator tradition, right? You look at Terminator kind 1. Of, yeah. But, I mean, Termi Terminator, to me, has always been more action than it is horror. The first one, yeah. definitely... I guess the first one's like a thriller, which is like the solid middle exactly, ground between yeah. action and horror. But yeah, I, I think those have always leaned more action. I think, but if you really lean into the existential horror elements of the first film, I feel like you get kind of a prototype for what a game like this could be. But then set it in space and, you know, then yeah. combine it with those sort of is it, alien slash dead spacey kind of elements. Yeah, is it solidly is it solidly set? In space, like on a spaceship or a station? Yeah, I'm pretty or sure it's it like a space just... station of some sort. Okay. So, and probably going to be full of industrial tool weapons like in Dead Space. Uh -huh. Oh, that's, that's, I, I, I keep wanting to talk about this, but like, I love Dead Space. Just a Dead lot. Space I just like The more I look into like its production and like, just like, also the guy who, who made Dead Space, the guy who, who headed that project, like, the more I'm falling in love with that with that space. Oh yeah. Just everything about it is so good. Like it's it's so purely survival. Survival horror. Like you have a gun in that game that isn't like it's not a weapon. It's a tool. It's like it's a plasma cutter. You're not shooting bullets. You're using basically a blowtorch yeah. <laughs> as a like as a, as an instrument to defend yourself. Like that is so survival horror. Like yeah. is, but it's like set in the future so you can do all this like cool stuff so everything's familiar and grounded in what we as gamers know we can jump into that game and go okay i shoot things and they die but in the context of the game it's just some mining engineer who's just trying to like survive picks up yeah. a blowtorch and just goes to town on his fellow colonists like it's so <laughs> good yeah yeah there's there's a lot that's great about dead space and yeah, that's definitely that whole trilogy was definitely something that I had a lot of fun with when playing oh, through yeah. those as they came oh, out. Oh yeah, and we had and, a lot of fun in um, was it Dead Space Three? That was the co-op one. Yeah, Dead Space Three was co-op. I think that was probably the weakest link in the franchise, but yeah, but the it, it was still the, a lot of fun. Yeah, the experience we got just playing together and that like in that setting, yeah. that's still great. Yeah, I think Dead Space was a phenomenal game, and I think Dead Space Two. Really, I, I kind of perfected a lot of its formula. I feel like yeah. Dead Space 2 yeah. was a lot, uh, basically a lot more refined version of the same thing. And, uh, but then, yeah, Dead Space 3 was just like, well, this is a whole different beast. <laughs> yeah. Dead Space 3 was like the, 
I feel like it was like the Resi 5 a bit <laughs> of <laughs> a that bit, franchise. A where yeah. it's just like, okay, we are solidly off the rails of what this used to be, which you could love or hate, you know, which is, I yeah. think, part of the Resi 5 vibe as well. I personally love Resi 5, but yeah. I was, uh, I think I was a bit less impressed with Dead Space 3, but it's still a ton of fun, though. Mm-hmm. Ton of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I missed that franchise. What, what was that called again? Uh, that, that game? Routine. Routine. The one that, yeah, that I was so, talking about. So that game, you're fighting robots. Are you, or like the, the player character, are they just like a, you know, like a, like a, like a blue collar, like engineer I imagine. type as, as well? Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I imagine. I don't know too much of the story details. I only saw a very brief yeah. teaser that was sort of announcing it. Uh, but okay, okay. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty cool. Killer robots, a solid, Killer solid robots. horror. From space! From space. From space. But too bad I don't have much time to play video games anymore. I know we we still talk about them, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, as if well, we as if we're gonna play them. <laughs> but it's like what? Not, it's probably not gonna happen anytime soon. I have solidly come to terms with the fact that I am no longer a gamer. I <gasps> do not play games anymore. Oh, I mean, okay, a video gamer, okay, because I am still a gamer. I just That's switched. True. I switched mediums. <laughs> I have solidly come to terms with that, that I am probably no longer for a good while going to play like the latest video games and i have settled with watching other people play it <laughs> like i have come <laughs> to that that point in my life where i'm like i like this game it looks interesting as a storyteller i still want the experience of the story of the atmosphere of everything that this uh, you know this game has to offer however i don't have that kind of time let me go find a let me go find somebody who does <laughs> yeah yeah all right, well, before we wind down for this episode, there's a bit of a new segment that we want to introduce, isn't there? There is, yes. All right, so I don't know why this needs to be a segment, because this is something we do all the time anyway, but let's formalize, <laughs> well, we formalize it. it. It's time yeah. for complaints. I just like punched the air like it was some exciting thing just happened, but we're just about to start <laughs> yeah. complaining. <laughs> yeah, sorry for complaints. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Well, I don't have any complaints this week. I think my Resident Evil rant on the You're Netflix series <laughs> could have could have qualified if we thought of this yeah. as a formal segment earlier. And then we had more Resident Evil talk last week, but that wasn't that wasn't complaining. Uh, I guess there was some complaining, but that wasn't primarily a complaining experience. It was more of a discussion. But yeah, the the Resident Evil Netflix thing was definitely hard complaints. Yeah. (laughs) All the way through. For sure. So I want to know what you've got to complain about, because you have written something in our notes that has completely baffled me. I have no idea what you're (laughs) about to complain about, even just looking looking at this. All right. Raph, I need to complain about mice. Why are you complaining about mice? Not the scurrying little rodents that just, you know, eat at your your walls and your your attics or whatever. I'm talking about computer mice. What's wrong with them? Why are there no good options for computer mice? Well, hold on. You've got this vertical ergonomic mouse that you're using now. It's wireless. What are you what are you complaining about? You've upgraded. I want you. You're in the future. I want you, Raph, to think about keyboards for a little bit i don't know if you know how many iterations of the keyboard exist because for some reason people take this the interface obviously like the qwerty layout is that can be switched out right there's so many different kinds of 
key layouts that you can do. Uh, the QWERTY one is what uh, I think most people in like, I was going to say North America, but I think it's as well most in Europe. But there are, I think there is like, like a, a European version that's a little bit more, it's, it's a little bit different. But I'm not talking about like key layout. I'm talking about like the physical keyboard. You've seen like the keyboards that like the, the ergonomic keyboards that are, you know, more tailored to their hands, the ones that are split in half. There are keyboards that are just one half of the key. So it's like just the left hand stuff, like for gaming or whatever. There are keyboards that are just like number rows for like MMO players who need just keybinds, literally just an entire <laughs> pad that is a keyboard for keybinds, right? Yeah. The mouse comes in the comes in the same three shapes, maybe within a, a couple extra buttons, and that's it. There's like six Hold different on. kinds of mice you can buy in different shapes or in, in different uh, colors and flavors and feels, but there's nowhere near the amount of customizability in mice than there is in keyboards. You can go on like, I don't know the places that you go to get like 3D printed stuff. You can go on to those places where you get your 3D printed <laughs> goodness and find people making custom keyboard layouts with like, clickety clacks and the swooshes and like the flips but like <laughs> three to five different kinds of mice tops and that's it that's the that's all you get how come there's no community of people who are just like you know what this mouse thing could be improved because like there are some inter interesting things that you can do with uh not with uh mice but with like pointer interfaces right there's like the trackball there's um some other stuff like that like the joystick or whatever right those all suck <laughs> for design at least <laughs> that's what i'm talking about from a design point of view uh okay. there's the pen the pen and there's the pen and tablet which is a whole kit and caboodle that you have to set up just to get a writing thing right to, just to get a writing feel for your mouse and that's kind of what we're more like used to at least for, that's what i'm like more used to like you know pen and drawing translating that over to design that's it's comfortable but it's a whole thing to set up you have to get a tablet you have to plug it in then you have to download drivers a mouse is a mouse you plug it in it works every time why do our mice suck <laughs> okay I, I i hear what you're saying but uh, let me play devil's advocate here okay First off, mice don't have to do nearly as many things as a keyboard, right? Like a keyboard, you, you ever see hackers hack stuff? They never <laughs> touch the mouse in all these movies. Why? Of course, yes. Because they need to type, I guess. But, you know, what? you know what I mean? Like there's so many, the, the keyboard is the place where the buttons are at. It's intuitive to add more buttons to it. You know what? I think Whereas, you're Whereas right. like the mouse. I think you're, you're right. That's just the thing. It's a pure navigation tool. And so... And even so, like you can get mice that have lots of bindable buttons to them. Like I've seen a mouse That's with not like what I'm eight about. buttons on him. You can get a mice with like 24 buttons on it. <laughs> I'm not talking about buttons. That's the keyboard's job. I don't want <laughs> buttons on my mice. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're just saying in terms of the grip? The, like in the shape of, of the, the mouse? Grip, the, sh the hand feel of the mouse. Because um, basically I want a mouse to function as close to a pen as possible why don't you because, just get a pen uh, because i because it's a cold kit and caboodle <laughs> however i think you're right i think hackers are cool <laughs> yeah totally and that's just a fact <laughs> i saw some uh, in another trailer 
uh, less impressive trailer I saw earlier this week. I saw some more great hacking stuff. It was, oh, it yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> Gonna hack the mainframe. Mm -hmm. Hackers are cool. I think the 90s did a really good PR <laughs> service for the, <laughs> the hacking community and the coding community. However, artists are still nerd. Not, not, they're not nerds. They're like, I don't know. Like, like, artists are still like, artists are weird. Not all of them, at least. They're the weird ones. They're the ones who are just like, oh, like you do, you do art and you draw. That's that's whatever. Like you're not cool, but like even if the things you draw are cool, the artist isn't usually portrayed as the cool one. Hackers are cool, <laughs> and they've got sunglasses and trench coats. I want good artist representation in media so that we can get some freaking mice. <laughs> yeah, better. I, mean, I want cultural change to to accept artists as being dope people okay let me okay okay i and then we can get some some good some good some good mice on out on the out in the market i hear what you're getting at here i hear what you're getting at right but like we need like the minority report treatment right exactly. but for something that's actually attainable to use as a mouse instead of like <laughs> that whole you know finger tutting glove yeah. thing that but that could that's because that's still basically a, a keyboard have you seen uh, these yeah. keyboards that have like the finger clicky things those no? are weird. Anyways, <laughs> there, there, there's this keyboard that okay. somebody made that you can wear. It's a glove and the Ugh. keys are on the inside, like on the palm. And so like you're like if you just like rest your hand like uh, by your side, like, you know, you know, your fingers curl up towards the palm where your fingers lay. That's where the keys are. And your thumb has like a couple of different buttons up, up like on the side of the index finger. I think like um, like function buttons, basically, like they change the function of the of the keys. So you have like up to you have what would that be four eight times one two three four four or eight times four like you have like thirty two different key combinations that you can do just by keeping your hands like rested. It's 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 crazy. Wow. And it's, I imagine I, it's insanely hard. That to sounds. Do, but <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds so futuristic and unnecessary i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> like that sounds yeah it's just like somebody that sounds elaborate somebody was like you know what i like this idea of the keyboard but i hate having to move <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> let me just wear my keyboard okay but let me let me get back to what you were saying about my yeah, yeah so like yeah like uh minority report type thing so what we need let me outline for you uh like maybe one or two maybe three step program for how we can achieve your dream of creating cultural change about the way we perceive mice okay uh -huh. so what what i'm getting from you is that maybe just maybe what would solve this issue is if overwatch created a character giving <laughs> representation to artists who wields like a pen tablet or something of that nature, you know, or like wields uh -huh. a, a mouse type interface or a right. mouse type object to interface with a uh, computer in such a way right. that allows them to hurt people and uh, or help people. It's Overwatch. <laughs> There's a team dynamic here. A, uh, so yeah, support tank. Yeah, yeah. So and then step three, profit. That's that. That's what I'm gathering Basically. here. That sounds like yes. the kind of in today's world. That sounds like the kind of thing that creates the kind of change you're seeking. <laughs> Maybe. At least now that Overwatch Maybe. might be becoming culturally relevant again with this Overwatch 2 business, because I think there was a period in time where that was the way to change culture was to create an Overwatch character. Now, mm. you know, now then they kind of fell off the radar. But now Overwatch 2 is happening and everyone's remembering that Overwatch is the thing again. And they came I out with a no new idea. short film that I haven't seen yet. Yes, they did. 
in which no I will always watch the short is. films. I will always watch the short films, even if I never Absolutely. play. <laughs> if, uh, if I don't pick up the game again. For whatever reason, this game company is an excellent animation studio. <laughs> they are a phenomenal animation studio. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I guess that even before that, like Blizzard has like all the World of Warcraft oh, yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, World of Warcraft and... Uh, Diablo, I think. I don't know if Diablo Diab- is good. I don't know about uh, Diablo. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen Diablo. I know they have it. I know Starcraft. Game, but I don't know Starcraft is what yeah, I was Starcraft. Thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've 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 long had great in-house animation teams. Um, they can practically they're like a second Blur Studios, except Blur Studios Basically. is still Blur Studios. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever gonna usurp Blur Studios' position at the top of the industry. The fact, the fact that you have to compare the Blizzard animation studio to Blur is. The fact that like, like nobody's going to get past Blur. You're yeah. always going to be compared to Blur Studios. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, you're, you're like the Blur Studios of insert field here. Yeah. And they're practically, I mean, Blur Studios is big business now, right? Like they've got a hit Netflix show called Love, mm-hmm. Death, and Robots. And it's fantastic. I still need to show you some, some choice episodes. Yeah, apparently I get, people keep telling me I need to, namely you and Rose, keep telling me that I need to <laughs> see some, some serious stuff from that, that series. I mean, they they do feature films now, right? Like the first Deadpool mm-hmm. movie was practically yep. a uh, Blur Studios production. Like it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's like a Tim Miller special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tim Miller special, um, which is really cool to see. What's really uh, but that's a whole other discussion. Maybe we'll save this for the next podcast because we've exhausted this segment. This has been a complaint. <laughs> yeah, we did. yeah. <laughs> and that's my complaint. <laughs> Although I didn't get into. My ideal mouse. That that might be okay. a separate oh, topic. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. You give me a quick pitch, quick thirty second elevator pitch on your ideal mouse. I want a mouse. So first, of, the main problem that I have with the ergonomic mouse that I have right now is when you hold it, just like with a mouse, like you're the, any other mouse, the optical sensor is in the middle of the mouse, like it's in the center body. So if I were to try to draw with the mouse, like it, it is in a very natural position. It would be as if I was holding a pen. However, the optical sensor is in a different position than where my fingers are pointed, right? So I want a mouse where the optical sensor is located at the front of the mouse, as if I was drawing, as if I was writing. And uh, maybe instead of having an optical, or instead of maybe having um, an ergonomic, instead of having an ergonomic grip where it, like it conforms to the palm of my hand and just like as if I was holding like, like a cup, as if I was holding a pen, have a nib at the front that I can grip with my fingers and draw with and have directly under that the sensor. And so that if I were to draw with this, like with, with this mouse, as if it were a pen, I can draw and the mouse on the screen will react as if I were holding a pen instead of in the middle of the set, instead of the middle of the body of the mouse, where it's not a one to one translation. Okay, you kept it under a minute and a half, so that's not so bad. <laughs> some ele- some elevator that, rides okay. are a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's that. That's what I would like. Is ba- yeah. basically, I just want to move. I, I just if all you did was move the sensor from the middle of the mouse to the front, I would be happy. <laughs> but here's the thing: because pens are the tools of digital artists and designers. Yes. So pen tablets, that is. So yes. what you're saying, though, is that you want this specifically to be a mouse, which means it's not just the design tool. It needs to it it needs to be something that's functional as a design tool and as an everyday mouse. That's your exactly. ideal. Yes. OK, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Big ideas here in the Hypercube podcast. Be glad you tuned in. This is the future. We're giving this <laughs> stuff yes. away for free. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you 
you can have this. If you make yeah. this, I will buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Waiting for the Kickstarter. And if nobody makes yeah. it, then we'll just have to wait until we become a tech company too. And so that we could yeah. make it ourselves. <laughs> it's probably inevitable. Probably inevitable. <laughs> probably, probably inevitable. <laughs> probably inevitable is a great turn of phrase. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you all very much for listening. This has been a complaint, and this has also been the Hypercube podcast. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, this show is edited by Lauren Pacheco, mixed by Rafael Pacheco, with original theme music by Mono Memory. Till next time, we'll see you all later. God bless. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.